You're listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast's Financial Friday, a dedicated show about how to apply principled theory to a financial strategy, getting you one step closer to financial freedom. Hey, everyone. This is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to another episode of Financial Friday. And I'm going to briefly, yes, it's possible. I can speak for... uh, and condense something into uh, 15 minutes is going to be my limit here. But I'm going to condense my experience over the last almost a week. It was actually a week ago, but the Tony Robbins event that I attended. So this is a special one. This is for uh, Platinum Partners, just kind of like an inner circle group of Tony Robbins. And they do it once a year. And it's uh, purely based on finance and economics. And he's had speakers like uh, George Bush, Clinton, Bernanke, Greenspan, Ray Dalio, T. Boone Pickens, and a lot of other kind of professional professional investors. Uh, but I'm just going to give you guys my top three takeaways. However, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, you can just look for the playlist uh, or the videos I did that uh, Patrick's Excellent Adventure or something like that. And it basically has uh, four videos I did while I was at the summit that goes through in detail some of the things that I was learning. But I'm just going to highlight the top three for now. So the first one was interesting. This is a big thing that I think we all can work on. And it's always going to be the case, which is the idea of focus. You know, what occurred to me is that regard, because this room was filled with just really successful people in all walks of life. You had a few billionaires in there, but I got to talk to a number of people and it was very, probably the most high level group I've ever been around, especially the number. There were about 300 of, of us there. And it was one of those, one of those things where it kept coming up over and over and over again, but it's the notion of focus. And I think oftentimes how we're conditioned is we focus on the things that are not going right, or we focus on the problems and we focus on the pessimistic side of things as opposed to what we actually can control and focus on, which is what's going good, what's going right. And what that does, it it provides a different state of mind in regards to how we analyze things, how we take advantage of opportunities, and how we experience life. Because ultimately, the amount of money or success that uh, that you achieve, you're always going to have that instinctive side of you that is looking for what's wrong. It's protecting you, right? It's looking out for danger, right? So that you don't get harmed or hurt. But what it tends to do is affect our mind that we're always focused on the negative, the bad, not necessarily the good, because there's always, always something good going on. And when the focus is there, listing things you're grateful for, or just saying out loud, list of those things that you are grateful for, um, or just thinking about the blessings that you have, or thinking about what is going right and list those. It's amazing what type of uh, mindset that creates. And uh, that's one of those keys to understanding opportunity is that if you have a pessimistic attitude, you're not going to see opportunity. And uh, so therefore, mindset is key. So I know that that's uh, general, maybe not be it's not necessarily financial, but in my experience, it leads to financial. You know, I have dozens of employees. I have lots of responsibility on my shoulder. I'm a parent. I'm a husband. And it's one of those things where there's always pressures. There's always something that's got not going as I want. However, there are just amazing things that are going on. And so when my focus is there, my attitude is so much different. I show up different. I play different. I experience life differently. So take that as kind of the first, my first big takeaway. Something is that simple. Second is interesting. This is what I'm determining as the balance of certainty and uncertainty, which I've talked about uh, before. But he has a really interesting quote, and it's deeper than I thought when I actually first heard it. But the quote is, the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably live with. Now, uncertainty, as he describes it, 
right? It's variety, it's adventure, right? Those are some uncertain things. So uncertainty is what makes life exciting, not boring. And uncertainty could also be very negative if you think about it. But at the same time, uncertainty is having fun adventures, surprises, roller coasters, going on trips, exploring new places, learning something new, being with new people. I mean, those are experiences that give life a lot of vitality because if everything was just the same over and 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 over again, that repetition is boring and we don't deal with that well. So the idea is like, okay, how do you balance certainty and uncertainty? So how I look at it is something that Tony uses, which is looking at your financial life with a bucket mentality, right? Looking at, I call it a hierarchy in the book I wrote, Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. I talk about the hierarchy of wealth and it's a very similar concept where you fill up that first bucket, that safety bucket or certainty bucket, and it has assets that you know are not going to lose money, assets that are protected and insured, grow to an extent but also allow you a peace of mind so that you can start to experience uncertainty and that variety. And you do it in a responsible manner. And the uncertainty applies to you, but it could be having those adventures, doing vacations, doing fun things with your family. But the uncertainty could also be pursuing a different position, applying for a new position, applying for a new job, expanding your resume and being more valuable to your employer or another employer researching things about yourself doing is just basically doing things that are different than they currently are. And that uncertainty is where I believe that he's referring to, right? That the quality of your life is you're taking on these new things and you're growing and expanding. I mean, that uncertainty is essentially reinforced and accentuated by a balance of certainty. So that was really cool to kind of think through because in the end, we're all looking for a high quality of life. And a high quality of life is not redundant things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. It's doing things that are exciting. And I think that the pursuit of that is always going to give this fulfillment and excitement. However, to be enjoyed, I look at having a foundation, having an offset of certainty when it comes to your financial life. Okay, so that's the second thing. Third thing, I may even get this done in less than uh, 15 minutes. Uh, But the third thing was interesting, and this was brought up a number of times, which is the emotional cycles that exist in financial markets. Um, And it's big markets, but it's also small markets. Sentiment is really vital to understand. And it's interesting how we approach things sometimes, right? Because you look at when you're approaching it as an observer, right? A third party observer, we tend to look at things rationally, analytically. However, when we're in the actual experience, when we're not observing, we're actually in there, it's more of an emotional game than anything else. And so one of the speakers manages, I think, $120, $30 billion. His name is Howard Marks. And he went through and just talked about, he has a new book that's out, I believe. And it's one of those things where you would assume that big traders, whether it's hedge fund traders or VC funds or whomever, that they have it together and they're not emotional when you have volatility And he basically made the case that they always are. And it's one of those most difficult things in their world when it comes to investment, which is making decisions based on fundamentals being in line, however, also adding the variable of emotion. And if a certain emotional state is not present, that could be a no buy or a buy signal. And it's interesting. And right now, I think we're in this like euphoric state where people are just bidding up and buying for the sake of it. An example that they did at this event was they bid up the price of a $100 bill. And so I want you to to think about it for a second. Okay, they were bidding. uh, Again, this is a room full of really successful people. And Tony made the claim, 
okay, who are my like risk takers out there? Who are my ballers out there? And a couple of people raised their hand and then he auctioned off a $100 bill. And so somebody offered 150, 200, 500, then it got to a thousand, then 5,000. And here's the catch is the person that bid the highest had to pay and got the dollar bill. But the second, the runner up didn't get the bill, but still had to pay. So it was fascinating. And the bidding got up to 50,000 and then $100,000. And the 50,000 guy had to pay. Same with the $100,000 guy, but the $50,000 guy didn't get everything. But I want you to look at going from 50 to 100, the guy knew it's a lot of money, but then he didn't know how much the $100,000 guy was gonna bid after that. It could have gone to a million. And so it's one of those things where in the actual mix, the emotions, the stuff that's going on in your brain is not rational because the rational thing, right, would have been not to bid more than $100 for $100. Have your experiences some other way. Now, these guys may have been the billionaires in the room, I have no idea. And all of the money went to charity, et cetera. But regardless, I would rather not have that experience and pay $100,000 for that for something <laughs> that would be way more beneficial than that. Uh, but my point is, these are where emotions come into play. And right now, with where our world exists, there is a certain emotional state collectively when it comes to assets being bid up, whether it's real estate assets, whether it's commodities, whether it's stock and it's an emotional game. And the emotion right now is nonsensical, right? From a more greed standpoint or fear of missing out standpoint, as opposed to like sell off, you know, I'm running to the hills, right? Those are two different emotions. And so Howard Marks does a great job of talking about that emotional cycle. But then this is kind of one last thing as we get into this idea of the emotional game, which is something that made me think, because I've looked at the fundamentals of our economy and I look at how much debt is out there, how much productivity is out there, which is not that much at all. But then Peter Diamandis, for those of you who don't know him, man, you guys got to follow. This guy is just one of those thinkers. He went like 10 o'clock at night, three hours long. His energy level, high as could be the entire time. It was fascinating. And he talked about so many different subjects. And I cover some of them on the video that I mentioned in the beginning. But Peter made the case that life in the next what did he say? 10 years. He said, I think he said 10 years. Well, the next 10 years, there's going to be more economic growth, more prosperity than the previous 10 years or previous 100 years combined. And his argument was how quickly technology is growing, but also the exposure to societies and markets that are currently not online. And he basically said that the statistics are showing four and a half billion people will be online in the next 10 years. And it's fascinating to think of it, you know, whether it's India as an emerging market, Africa as an emerging market, China, the same thing. It is uh, in the Middle East, same thing. It's one of those, I think that's made me think, to me think about what my frame of reference is when it comes to where we're at as an economy, what the productivity is like, what our debt situation, both short and long-term is like, and what's gonna happen as a result. Now, obviously I don't play markets. At the same time, I'm curious because obviously, the markets are part of our life. They fund the companies that we all use, right? And so looking at consumer sentiment when it comes to just being alive, it's going to be interesting to see what the next 10 years holds. But from a transportation standpoint, from a communication standpoint, I mean, our lives are going to change really quickly. And it's exciting to me. At the same time, it could definitely be disruptive to whether it's companies or economies or governments. And uh, so looking at that, whenever emotion is high, especially fear and running to the hills, that's where all the opportunity exists.
And the last thing I was going to talk about, which I'm already at 14 minutes, I'll just give you a little tease, is Ray Dalio. Now, Ray Dalio runs uh, one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. You have the minimum investment you can make uh, with him is $1.5 million. That's the minimum. And uh, he's done very well for himself. But what's interesting is his thoughts in regard to economic cycles. And he has some theory associated with economics and the best way to handle so much progress when it comes to technology and potentially the employment situations we can find ourselves in where technology is going to take over a lot of employment. He has some amazing thoughts there. So those are on the videos of YouTube that I did uh, on YouTube. So there's four of those videos. So go check those out. Uh, it's just the research, you know, put Patrick Donahoe in there or Paradigm Life. I should put the well standard in there and that should pop up. And uh, there's four of those. And it just says Tony Robbins, Platinum Partners, day one, two, three, and then four and five, day four and five. And I uh, hope you like them. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I uh, hope you have an amazing weekend. See ya. Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. My book, the Amazon bestseller, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, a financial strategy to reignite the American dream is completely changing the way people look at saving, wealth, and retirement. Want a sneak peek? Head on over to www.headsortailsiwin.com forward slash podcast for a free audio and text download of my favorite chapter. Again, that's headsortailsiwin.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website thewealthstandard.com for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,